are Locked On Razorbacks, your daily podcast on the Arkansas Razorbacks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome into the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. I am your host, John Neighbors. I am also the host of Out of Bounds. You can catch every weekday afternoon from 1 to 4 on 1037thebuzz and 1037thebuzz.com. Today's podcast, folks, is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to builtbar.com, use promo code Locked On. You'll get 20% off your next order. Hope everybody had a wonderful weekend. I know I sure did. At least I enjoyed the weekend up in Fayetteville. Maybe didn't enjoy the Razorback football game against Bama, but still enjoyed the game nonetheless. It was pretty fun, and uh, it was a good weekend not only for that, but also Razorback basketball, which was enjoyable as well. And, uh, you know, just overall, it was fun. And I think that a lot of you who made the trip up to Fayetteville or maybe just went to the game in Fayetteville itself – you probably have a lot of thoughts and opinions over the Arkansas-Alabama game, which they lost 52-3. to Now, when this happened, you know, I wasn't surprised by the final score. This, this Alabama team is just a, a no new level of, of great. They are a team that has not much weakness. This is a team that offensively, defensively, special teams, they're as good as they've ever been. Uh, They're a team that's just hitting their stride and really starting to get things going and getting things figured out and all that stuff. I mean, they are just a phenomenal team all around. And so if you would have told me Arkansas was going to lose 52-3, to I'd be like, man, that sucks. But at the same time, I can totally see it. But here's the thing. It's a weird game. This was a very weird game for a few different reasons. Now, you see the final score, and you're like, jeez, the defense didn't do anything. The offense didn't do anything. What in the crap was going on? How, how did this happen? You know, you think about it, just blowout city where Alabama just, right, or just wrecked up all the all the points and the yards and, and all of that. And obviously, you know, the scoreboard is the biggest indication of what this game was about. But if you look at the stats, it's kind of weird. So Mac Jones, who was a Heisman Trophy candidate, finalist, may even win it, he, he was a guy going into this game that had had so much success against every single team they've played this year. I, I mean, so much so that on this season, in this season, he's thrown for 27 touchdown passes. And through nine games, if you do the math on that, that's averaging three touchdowns a game. Three touchdowns a game. But against Arkansas, he did not throw one single touchdown pass. Not one. Now, he did go 24 of 29 for 208 yards, but no touchdowns. Also, no interceptions, which he should have had an interception, but didn't. So, okay, well, if that's the case, it must have been the rushing attack. And, yeah, the rushing attack was fairly effective. But Jace McClellan, who had the longest play of the day, goes for 80 yards and a touchdown, right? Well, he had six carries for 95 yards. So you're talking about, besides that one carry for 80, he had five carries for 15 yards. Brian Johnson had 13 carries for 54 yards. It's nothing really to write home about. Najee Harris, the great player, right? 14 carries for 46 yards. But what in the world? If you look at those numbers and nobody had over 100 yards, and in fact only one player was even close to doing it, even though it was on one play, what the crap happened? Oh, what happened? How did, how did they get all these points? Well, when McClellan scores one touchdown and Robinson scores three touchdowns and Najee Harris scores two touchdowns, that kind of gives you an indication that even though they didn't gain a lot of yards and didn't average a lot of yards, 
it was getting into the red zone and getting into goal line situations that had them scoring. But you not only had that, you had Devontae Smith, who <clears throat> scored a punt return for a touchdown because the special teams continues to be abysmal. But in the receiving game, he only had three catches for 22 yards. It was a very weird game. 52-3, to yet the offense for Bama really did not play well. There wasn't a lot of big plays besides really the 180-yard run. Now, the special teams touchdown by Alabama, of course, uh, is something that makes sense. But either way, by looking at the box score, it doesn't really indicate why this was a blowout. So for those of you who may be looking for a silver lining, if you will, when it comes to this game, and why Arkansas getting blown out is not surprising. Uh, you can't look at the box score. Arkansas did not play well because you only had Felipe Franks go 8 of 10 for 90 yards. Didn't throw a lot. K.J. Jefferson comes in 1 of 6 for 18 yards. He did get injured, but it's nothing too serious, thankfully. Traylon Smith had 19 carries for 69 yards. T.J. Hammond's got some carries in as well. Uh, Mike Woods, 3 catches, 43 yards. You just didn't get really anything going on offense. But the problem was is that you had three fumbles. Felipe Franks, Traylon Smith, and K.J. Jefferson all fumbled and gave it back to the team, to Alabama. That's a problem. Now, you didn't throw it, and Traylon Burks also threw an interception because that was the one pass he threw, which I hate that play, and I don't know why they run it. But you had turnovers. You had penalties. You had opportunities dashed because of momentum, because of bad plays, because of bad decisions. It was a game that was closer than what the score actually showed. But you can't really look at the score and feel good about it. You can't. Let's just be honest. 52-3 against number one team, even if they're number one or not. Like you losing back-to-back -back years 52 nothing the other, I guess it was 2012-2013, can't make you feel good either. So it sucks. It sucks that that's where your regular season had to end. It sucks that that's what your senior day had to be. But unfortunately... It just shows you how good Alabama is. But that doesn't take away from what this season is. That doesn't take away from how good this year has gone for all intents and purposes, which we'll talk about here in just a second. But the point is, is that you had a rough game against an Alabama team that you can't have a rough game against. If you want to win games like that against Bama, you have to play your A game and they have to play their F game. Neither one of those things happened. In fact, the opposite happened. But it still gives out hope for the rest of the Razorback football season. No reason to give up. No reason to start saying firing coaches. But also, no reason to not be critical either. To be understanding, to be disappointed and all that. There's still a lot of positives, and I do want to talk about them with you. Because I think it's important. Very important. And we'll talk about that here in just a second. But first, you know, we're on the go all the time, folks. Christmas shopping is probably the most stressful thing anybody can do. Trying to make sure that everything gets to your house on time, trying to make sure that you get it wrapped, trying to make sure that the kids are happy, you're picking them up from school, maybe they're doing virtual learning, so you're making sure they do their homework. There's a lot of nonsense going on. Sometimes you just need to chill. So when you chill, reach for the beer that's made to chill, Coors Light. No matter what sport you're watching, no matter what movie you're watching, no matter what you just do to chill, maybe some of you will just listen to music and sit in your barca lounger in the dark. Hey, I don't do that, but if it's up to you, maybe you'll want to do it, but Coors Light is the way to do it because it is the only beer that is made to chill. It's cold lager, cold filtered, and cold package, and it's the perfect drink, perfect beer to unwind. So it's the one I choose when I need to unwind. 
So when you need to hit the reset button, reach for the beer that's made to chill. You get Coors Light and the new look delivered straight to your door at get.coorslight.com. And make sure, folks, to celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. You are locked on Razorbacks, your daily Arkansas Razorbacks podcast. All right, so now that we got that out of the way, we got the terrible game that Arkansas played out of Alabama out of the way. And the regular season has officially come to an end for the Razorbacks. And you're three and seven. You're three and seven. You didn't finish last in the SEC West, at least. Mississippi State is going to be finishing last no matter what. Uh, you were just one game back from Ole Miss and LSU, even though you beat Ole Miss and should have beaten LSU. But either way, three and seven, there's a lot to build on. And there's a lot of things to feel good about. But I'm going to take this approach. Well, I'm, I'm never the optimist. I like to look at the positive things. I like to look at some of the things that, you know, Arkansas did well and try not to dwell on the things that they could have done differently because that's what the offseason's for. That's what bowl seasons are for, and that's why uh, we wait until how the development takes place. But if you think about it, take you back to the before the season even started. The Razorback schedule this year for 2020 was the most difficult SEC schedule. No, take that back. The most difficult college football schedule of all time. Of all time, of the 10 SEC teams you played this year, you could make an argument that those are the top 10 teams in the SEC. You didn't get the benefit of playing Vanderbilt or South Carolina. Kentucky ended up being a little better. They're four and six. But still, you got put with Florida and Georgia, the two teams at the top of the SEC that only have two losses on the year. Like, those are the teams that got added. Not to mention the fact that you already had to play the SEC West. And on top of that, you had to play Tennessee and Missouri. So the schedule already was just like, dude, how are they going to pull this off? How are they going to win games? How can they win three? Much, I mean, how is this going to work? Well, they did. And looking at the schedule breakdown, folks, and again, I'm going to take the positive spin. For, so for those of you who like dark days ahead and all that stuff, you know, maybe you need to just go and listen to the next podcast. But think about this. Looking at the schedule, you lost all f- four teams that were 100% for sure better than you. You lost. You lost to Georgia. You lost to Texas A&M. You lost to Florida. And you lost to Alabama. All four of those teams are the four best teams in the SEC, and it's not close. All four of them are much better than you. You winning those games would have taken, honestly, the best game of your life, but you lost them. It was bad. But there's no shame in that. And the three teams that you did beat, Mississippi State, Ole Miss, and Tennessee, you're better than. You're a better team. And you made the plays to show that you were a better team. So, yeah, Tennessee finishes with three wins. Ole Miss finishes with four wins. But... They both had easier schedules than you, too. You were better teams, and you lost. Or, excuse me, you won. So, that you took care of business in the way you were supposed to. So, four games you lost because the other teams were better, and three games you won because you were the better team. So, what about the other three games? The three pivotal games that make the difference in this entire season. Auburn, LSU, Missouri. 
combining those three losses, you only lost by a total of seven points in those three games. Seven. Auburn, we all know you should have won that game if it wasn't for a terrible call by the officials in the end. You would have had that victory. LSU, you lost that game by three points. If you would have made the field goal to go to overtime like you should have, who knows what that would have really made. But also, let's be honest, if you didn't have your entire defensive line out of the game, you probably win that game too. And against Missouri, if you were just able to hold that team from going down the field on you with 40 seconds left, you win that game too. Now, I know if and buts were candies and nuts, we'd all have a Merry Christmas. I understand that. I'm not making excuses. But the point is, is that you are literally seven points away, four or five plays away, breakdowns, bad decisions, or controversial calls. You are just that close to going six and four this year. Six and four which would be unheard of if Arkansas did that this year. So let's take it one step further. Let's look at it one step further. Say if this was a normal season and you were able to play 12 games and you didn't add Florida and Georgia into the mix, if you didn't add those teams, think about this. You would have been this close going 6-2 and two in conference play. Think about the schedule. You got added Georgia and Florida, right? Well, if it was a normal schedule, you wouldn't have those games. So in the games that you were scheduled to have, you were this close to going 6-2. and two. Now, you would have lost to Notre Dame. You would have won the other three non-conference games. So you were this close to being 9-3. and three. This close. You know the last time Arkansas went 6-2 and two in conference play? 2011. Also in 2010. The two years Arkansas went 10-2 and two and, or 10-3 and three and 11-2 and two respectively. You were that close to being on that level. So, you got to get the wins. Because at the end of the day, that's all that matters is the score. You got to be able to finish games off. But my point is, is this. In a normal season, in a normal year, this turnaround is still unheard of. But just a few breakdowns is what kept you from being the greatest comeback story in all of college football history. And he didn't get any favors because of the two games against Georgia and Florida. You didn't. But you have to look at it from that perspective. There were disappointments, there were breakdowns, there were major gaffes. There's things that have to be fixed. We all understand that. But just look at it from that side. Look at how close you were. If you would have gone 6-2 and two this year, folks, it would have been Bama number one, Texas A&M number two, and you, you would have been third in the West. That's a wild thing to think about. The future is bright for Razorback fans. Start getting excited, folks, because this whole mediocrity thing for Arkansas, or at least this terrible football play for Arkansas, 
is not going to last much longer. But hey, listen, during this time of year, we like convenience, right? Like things that are quick, healthy. You know, some people like to call it bulking season. You like to eat all the heavy foods and get ready for Christmas and all that fun stuff. Yeah, that's part of it. But you also like to eat healthy. And you like to not waste time. And you also like to have things that taste good, right? All of it. So Built Bar is what you need if that's what you are desiring. They have 18 amazing flavors, and they're 100% covered in chocolate, and they're soft and easy to chew. They're also low-calorie and low-sugar, but high-protein, high-fiber, and they're great for the keto diet, or any diet, really. Let's be honest. If you have those things going on for you, and they taste great, it almost even shouldn't be on a diet, but hey, that's part of it, too. But I'll tell you what, with this special podcast that we're doing, we're offering you something special as well. Go to BillBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON. You'll get 20% off your next order. It's as simple as that. Just go to BillBar.com. doesn't matter how many bars you want to buy, everything. If you just use the promo code LOCKEDON, you get 20% off your next order. It's simple. Do it, folks. You won't be disappointed. Again, promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off at BillBar.com. You are Locked On Razorbacks, your daily Arkansas Razorbacks podcast. All right, final segment here on the Locked on Razor Rex podcast. Uh, I wanted to bring this up. Of course, it doesn't have anything specifically to do with uh, the Razorbacks, but in a roundabout way it does. And that was Gus Malzahn. He got fired over the weekend. Ooh. Not necessarily surprising. I don't know. Maybe it's a little surprising. Uh, I, I know that Auburn has some major problems. Like They, they don't give coaches uh, much of a leash. But I, I will kind of defend Auburn in this regard. Gus Malzahn's been there eight years, eight years, and you went. They went six and four this year. They didn't look good at times, and I'm, I think that Gus Malzahn, you know, at the time had come to move on, to try something new, to try something different. I even like to compare it to maybe the Mike Anderson angle, where you know, not, I think Gus Malzahn had more success than Mike Anderson, but you know, after eight years, it's not that they're bad coaches or that they did a bad job. It's just something you like to move on from. You get a fresh face, change things up a little bit. And that's how I looked at it from the perspective of Auburn. Now, it's being rumored around that they're going to go and get Hugh Freeze. Uh, he's going to leave Liberty and everything's going to be great. But here, here's my thing. Say they get Hugh Freeze. Okay. My point in all of it is by you firing, by you firing, <laughs> Gus Malzahn, do you really feel like it's an upgrade in hiring Hugh Freeze? I mean, no one's had more success against Nick Saban than Gus Malzahn in this country. You know, you could make an argument for Dabo, but Gus Malzahn's had a play every year, and he's beaten him, what, five times, four times, something like that? That's impressive. And now you fired him. So who are you going to get? I'm not saying Hugh Freeze would be a bad option. I'm just saying that I don't really know why he's a better upgrade. I don't know why he's a better coach or why you think he could do a better job because the only thing that Hugh Freeze was able to do at Ole Miss was cheat. And that was the only way he was able to be successful. Now, if you want to bring him in, if you want to cheat, go right ahead. Be our guest. But I just want to make sure that everyone understands that Auburn's in a weird situation. And I just don't know if firing Malzahn especially when it doesn't look like you have a plan in place officially just yet, is taking place. Got to wait. Got to see. Man, it's going to be fun. I love the coaching carousel, especially when Arkansas is not a part of it. Appreciate everybody listening into the Locked on Razorbacks podcast. Be sure to like and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or on Google Play. 
can also get after me on Twitter at BuzzJohnNavers for any questions, comments, concerns that you may have. We'll keep it going from there. Same podcast time, same podcast channel. Tomorrow afternoon, have a great day, everybody. We'll see you then. You are locked on Razorbacks, your daily Arkansas Razorbacks podcast. 